Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Terrio Media. Success in real estate has nothing to do with shiny objects. It has everything to do with mastering the basics. The three pillars of real estate investing. Attract, convert, exit. Matt Terrio has been helping real estate investors do just that for more than a decade now. If you want to make money in real estate, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit reiace.com. Here's Matt. Got a hot show for you today right here on the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. And today I am joined by an American photographer, director, artist, and entrepreneur. Since April 2014, he has been the chief executive officer of Creative Live, an online education platform that he co-founded in 2010. He's got countless accolades for his creative work. He's been YouTubing for what looks like more than 15 years, and I can't wait to talk all about it. So please help me welcome to the show, Mr. Chase Jarvis. Chase, welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing. Thanks for having me on the show, man. I appreciate it. You bet. So uh, I've been researching. I've been following you online for a little while and seeing what you're doing. And you do got your hands, seems like, in a little bit of everything. And But I wanted to look at the uh, Creative Live. So what were you doing just prior to becoming CEO of Creative Live and, and what inspired that? Sure. Shortest version of my background is that I was doing everything that everybody else wanted. I was uh, pursuing a, a career in sports uh, as a soccer player. I I was told that I should be a doctor, uh, go to medical school because that's respected. Um, and then I bailed on that and then and pursued a PhD in philosophy because I wanted to be held in high esteem and be smart. And I ultimately had the courage to bail on the dreams that everybody else had for me and pursue my own, which led me to becoming a photographer. And it was after building a, a career, a successful career as a photographer that I realized wait a minute, the technology could scale creativity. And I built an iPhone app in 2009 called Best Camera, which was the iPhone app of the year. And it helped kick off the global photo sharing craze a couple of years before Instagram. Um, we got our ass kicked by them, plus $50 million from uh, some Silicon Valley investors. But that didn't change the kernel of the idea that I had around creativity, this innate thing that we all have inside us, plus technology could scale something. And so in 2010, from a grimy little warehouse in South Seattle, from a room that was about 400 square feet, we launched um, Creative Live. And our first class had 50,000 people in it. And it was a class on photography. And uh, we started growing it ever since. We kind of realized we had a tiger by the tail. I launched it in 2010, um, led the company for a while, stepped away, put some fancy uh, other folks into what they were doing because I, I was just figuring this out. Um, they helped grow the company. We took some investment and then I came back a few years ago to, uh, to I don't know, wrangle and just basically aim a team of really talented people to um, create what is today the world's largest platform for creators and entrepreneurs. Um, 
billions of minutes of video streamed. It's where the world connects with the, the top experts in photography, design, filmmaking, and, and entrepreneurs, many of which you've had on your show, for example. It's where they go to share their ideas and teach. Right. Uh, yeah, so Got that's it. our version. And, you know, you're just talking about 15 years of my life here. So it's, I, I no, did. No, I get it. I get it. I've been on your side of the microphone several times and, you know, you get the story and you're like, okay, how, how, how much energy do I have to do it? How many minutes do we want to spend on my figuring out that all this stuff is, we're all just figuring it out. True. True. So the uh, educational platform of four creators, and that's pretty wide array of, I, I don't know, what do you call it? Disciplines that you, sure. Yeah. sure? And but then you throw in entrepreneurship in there as well. Yeah. Are they two separate things or do you mesh them together? Well, to me, that's part of the challenge. I think a lot of people think about creativity in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So creativity is not, you know, sort of art rather is a subset of creativity, but creativity is putting any two things together in new and useful ways. And the cool thing about humans is that we are creating machines. And this is something that you really haven't been taught in school or told. And we've got a cultural narrative that talks in a really curious and inaccurate way about creativity. So they're, like building a business is wildly creative. It's one of the most creative things that I've ever done. And, and I've, been, I've identified as a creator for basically my entire adult life. Uh, so I see them as together and catastrophically things like art school and historically places where we learned the traditional creativity, not only do they do us as wrong by not helping us understand how to make a living and a life doing what we love, but they've programmed us that those things are whimsical and it's risky or even naive to pursue the things that you love. And, you know, that's the macro. I, we're going to talk about my book here, my new book called Creative Calling. That's the macro on the book is that the thing that we're creating every day, whether it's a business, a real estate business, or whether it's a picture, a photograph we take on our phone of our kids or the sunset or whatever, that that's the same exact muscle that helps us create our life. It's just creativity at a different scale. And to me, the entrepreneurship and building a business and making a living and a life doing what you love, whether that's photography, design, real estate, or anything is like that's something that our culture doesn't do a good job of putting those two things together. So I thought I'd take a stab at it. Nice. What is it that you like best about what you do? It provides a backdrop of meaning for my life. The fact that I get to wake up and spend my time doing the things that I want to do. And it's not always easy. It's not always fun, but I do call it effortless hard work. And it's the hardest work I've ever done. But this idea that when you're doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing, that you were put on this planet to do, and you know it because you've listened to that heart, that intuition that we all have inside us, that that's our highest calling, right? Pursuing the, the things that we are supposed to be doing in life and thinking about it and doing it with the people that we love or that we care deeply about or in an industry that we feel like we can have impact. That is a very, very rich and fortunate place to be. And the reality is we're told that that's hard and impossible and whimsical and naive and maybe even dangerous. And the reality is it's just the opposite. It's the most practical thing that we could possibly do. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I get to wake up every day and again, it's not, it's not always hard. It's not always easy and not always fun, but to get to spend, I mean, time is our one resource, right? Mm -hmm. And to choose spending it on the things that we care about. That's, 
to me, um, a rich life and a fulfilled life. And so I get to, then I get to do that on a daily basis. And it wasn't easy. Like, right. It didn't come out like that. I did all the things that culture tells us to do. I spent, you know, I got, went to huge debt for student loans. I did all the things that everyone else told me was going to make me happy. And in the end, it's that little, listen to that little whisper inside of us that we all have and rekindling that and cherishing it. And, and then fostering it, it's building like a muscle in the same way that you'd go to work out. That's the same muscle that helps us create the life that we want, listening to that and fine-tuning our creative muscle. Right. So for people that, knowing what you know now, and for people that are out there that have that little whisper, I think we all have that little whisper somewhere, mm-hmm. and uh, they've been thinking about it, maybe have have reached a point in life where they have some regrets about not pursuing it. What would the practical advice? Is there a one first step or a three step process, you know, to get started down that road to where you can have that fulfilling, uh, enriched life that uh, you've been able to capture? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, I want to make sure not to gold plate it. Right again, it wasn't easy and hard. Or it wasn't easy and always blissful. But we all have this capacity, and this is I think it's really important to like that little eight-year-old you that wanted to do the thing and, you know, you, you started getting bombarded about then when you started having your own ideas about what you could do and what you could be, whether it was a, an astronaut, a, a veterinarian, a fireman, or a woman, uh, anything. Like, the universe starts to tell you otherwise and it looks at this as an opportunity to program you. So that it's hard and that you haven't done it yet or that you are starting and you're scared, all these things are all supernatural. So I want to frame it with that. Now, that being said, I've had the good fortune of making so many mistakes. I mean, going hundreds of thousands of dollars into debt and, you know, 10 years down somebody else's path where regret and angst and, and angst and frustration and sadness has it had gripped me at different times. To be able to have lived that and like figured it out. I come from a lower middle class family. Um, to be fair, I'm white and male and born in America and there's plenty of privilege. So if it was the hardest thing that I've ever done to wrangle that, I want to acknowledge that it's not going to be easy for anybody. But the reality is that we have the opportunity to do this. So by looking through the lens of my own life, the lives of the you know hundreds of people that I've in- interviewed on my podcast, Chase Jarvis Live, and who've taught on Creative Live, these are people like Sir Richard Branson, Brene Brown, Arianna Huffington, Tim Ferriss, Damon John, from Shark Tank, uh, Debbie Milman. These are like legendary folks, the Gary V's folks have been on your show. Through talking to those, there's this pattern. It's a very simple pattern. And the book is built on a system. Uh, the book is called Creative Calling and it's built around a system um, that I call IDEA. And it's a very repeatable, simple system that I've been able to deconstruct through my own life and, and talking to so many of my creative and entrepreneurial friends. You have to at first imagine the thing that you want for yourself right? If you don't start with that, what do you got? And this is where listening to that intuition, because every listener out there, they have something inside of them that they're, that they can hear that calling and they're ignoring it or they're not tapping into it. What if you listen to that and double down, even just as a thought experiment, Mm -hmm. imagine for yourself something powerful, whether it's this project in front of you, you know, buying this piece of real estate or imagining, you know, life with capital L that is on your terms. So then design, the system is uh, imagine, design, execute, and amplify. So we talked about the imagine part. 
the design part is like you have to design a path to get there, right? You, you don't get anywhere without a plan. You don't get a, a house without a plan. You don't arrive at your destination without a map. So you've right. got to create a simple system. Um, and that's by design. The people's lives that you love and you have on your show and that we aspire to, that was an accident, what they accomplished. They had a vision and then they created a plan and they started executing against that plan. That's the idea part. And then the last part to the system that the book is based on is, is the A part, which stands for Amplify. And you realize that you, none of these journeys are alone, right? You, you didn't start your podcast uh, without looking at the work of others, without being inspired, without the woman who runs the rental counter at the local audio store that you rented your first mic from. You know, it's, it's like, mm-hmm. it's a community. And by amplifying the ideas and what we want to see and be in the world, we actually bring other people along with us. And another word for this is sort of developing a community. So the, the framework, the step-by-step tactics, if you will, are, are this is the macro lens on the, on the book, right? This is like the big repeatable system. And again, it works whether you're trying to buy this piece of property that's right in front of you or whether you're trying to design the life that, you know, you see um, wherever you look for inspiring lives. Nice. And, and an inspiring uh, description, I think, as well. I, I'm on uh, Amazon right now. Book comes out September 24th, uh, Creative Calling by Chase Jarvis. I went ahead and got my pre-order in. Nice. Pre-orders so, matter. Thank you. You bet. You bet. And I encourage anyone listening that, that has that little whisper in the back of their head. Um, well, here's the thing. Uh, Matt, we've all got it. Yeah, we do. And well, that's why I was telling everybody. That was my way to tell everybody to go get it. <laughs> okay, good. We, but we were taught to ignore it. You know, that's the part yeah. that like, is really, or certainly repress it. And mm-hmm. imagine the world if we actually tapped into that. And for everyone who's, you know, saying, well, I, it's, it's very, it sounds really interesting, but I got bills to pay. I got X, Y, Z. Just know that you're trading. What you're trading is mm-hmm. that the life of that eight-year-old person who mm-hmm. has everything before them. And it's not impossible. It's hard, but it's not impossible. And the book aims to be a roadmap to help you get there. You know, just on that, I don't want to turn this to a, a morbid direction, but I've, <laughs> unfortunately, I've had to, I've been to a few funerals in the last couple of years. Oh, I'm so sorry. And it's amazing how uh, you always have that epiphany on how life is so short, right? It's, and you get there and all the things that you didn't do that you wanted to do or meant to do or the things that you dreamed about. So I think this is an important book. I'm, I'm glad that we were able to connect. Um, I was looking at your YouTube page, and cool. you've been doing this for a really long time. And uh, it's a rather new venture for me. But I see all the people that you've interviewed, and a lot of you know very accomplished people. We, we already mentioned a few of those people. What would you say, out of all those interviews, which person did you learn the most from, and how did it impact you? Wow. This is not a softball. <laughs> no, Matt, we're done with those. <laughs> we're done 96 mile an hour slider at me here. Um, it was what I was thinking. I was just like, wow, if you had the chance to talk to all of those people, which one that like really had the biggest impact on you? Mm. Well, this is both a way to, to slide out of the question uh, gracefully, but also uh, the, the facts, which is there's just a little piece of a lot of philosophies of these people that have helped me. And so it's impossible to say that one person did X because what I really end up doing, and this is sort of like a little bit of a metaphor for life, right? We walk around borrowing bits of inspiration and wisdom from everyone. 
And, you know, that's why we're social animals. We, you know, what, even if you're an introvert or an extrovert, it doesn't matter. It's we find meaning in life through connecting with others. And for me to be able to sit down and talk to the world's top performers, the top creators and entrepreneurs, the billionaires, the Pulitzer, Grammy, Emmy, whatever winners, the thread that is, there's a, a couple of consistent threads and morning routine and dis- designing your day is very, very popular. And, you know, the most well-known folks for that are folks like Tim Ferriss, for example. He calls himself the human guinea pig. Tim's been a friend for a long time. But, you know, that's very, very inspiring. And I feel like there, that was a, a thread across a lot of, a lot of folks. Um, just in, like, taking your day with intention. Um, and then there's the, how do you understand what you're put on this planet to do? That comes from like Sir Richard, for example, he, you know, Richard Branson is arguably one of the most iconic entrepreneurs in the history of the universe, right? And the fact that he's got more than 400 companies and that he's so, um, he's so clear about what he see, how he sees the world as just a world of abundance and opportunity. Um, and there's a whole litany of a whole bunch of people that I think capture a lot of that, um, and then how do you do that? Um, to me, folks like, you know, Brene Brown and Debbie Millman, hugely inspirational around doing that. When Brene has a way of talking about it, like you should approach this with a, a, a strong back and a soft front. So you've got to have a spine to do the things that you want to do in the world. But what use is it if you approach the world hardened and it's like, it's like glue when you leave the cap off it. Like that's not a useful thing, you know, but what is useful is um, openness, connectedness, vulnerability, um, empathy, managing the shame that culture lays on us. Um, so there's a whole group of folks that are, that do that. And then, then I think there's other folks that are, um, that I think is probably maybe the most common trait across the couple hundred people that I've had on the show. Uh, and that is that everybody thought that it was not doable. Everyone was told that culture programmed every one of these people, even, you know, uh, even folks like Gary, uh, who had every, um, you know, he talks about it being an immigrant and his parents and the same with Ariana Huffington being an immigrant and having, you know, being programmed about how hard that was going to be that there's some kernel inside of us that has the power to do these things that we want to do in life in spite of all of the, you can't do it. It's too hard. And in spite of this thing, which is the brain, it's not your brain. This is the brain. This is a multi-million year old organ that's designed to keep you alive, not happy. So in the face of all that external pressure and the inside, our biology telling us that, we should, we should keep an eye out for all the saber-toothed tigers that are running around here. In spite of all that, it's doable. Yep. And that's what the, the book really tries to sort of put its arms around that and give you a path to achieve it. Nice. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for sharing what you're sharing because, you know, I frequently have people that aren't real estate investors or that's not their focus at least. Um, but Matt, that's brilliant. Because that's where the best things in life are from outside your industry, right? And that's, and that's, you know, that's why I couldn't answer, like, who's the best real estate investor? You're like, wait a minute, all the places that have been created, that have created the most, or the people that have created the most value on your show 
are not even from real estate. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's taking bits and pieces of, you know, of your life, the lives of the guests that you've had to, to create a narrative arc that helps you understand it all. And that's, again, that's the same approach that I took to the book, you know, and to my life for sure. Yep. You know, one person's art may be photography and other person's art may be real estate. For sure. Uh, but we all have this brain that helps us create this design and, and you know, factor in these ideas and how to execute them. And, and so thank you for sharing that because that's, this is why you're here is just that I can show people how to write a purchase agreement out. You know what I mean? Yes. Like if that, I can do that in 10 minutes. Yeah. But why they don't, they don't get up and do it every single day to, you know, really pursue or capture what they're after is like, that's what we're talking about now, right? That's yeah. the, stuff that gets the why. It's the why. And Absolutely. to me, again, we're taught that that this these desires, this passion that we have, whether it's for real estate or anything, that that pursuing them is sort of really um, to, to be skeptical around like this thing that you're tugging on your heartstrings. And you know, the reality is it's just, it's not, it's just, it's the most practical thing that we could do because imagine if we all did that. Imagine if we all were pursuing the thing that we were put on this planet to do, whether it's real estate or professional sports or um, needlepoint or being a farmer and going to the farmer's market and selling your apples, like all these things, like the world needs it. And if you were doing those things every day with your time, how would it feel to wake up every day? That's powerful. Amen. For sure. So having conducted so many interviews and being the interviewer, and now you're here as the interviewee, uh, what do you wish you could talk about more that you don't get the opportunity to? Might freak you out a little bit. Are you okay with this? Oh, no. You, Grant Cardone's <laughs> on, and boy, I think he freaked everybody out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll tell you if you top him or not. Okay. All right. Um, to me, it's mindset. It's the power of crafting your thoughts again i was alluding to it earlier that this brain that we have first of all our wisdom and our our like our process is not just a brain function it's a whole body function right we have this thing called intuition we have a gut feeling that we've largely been taught to ignore we like oh pay attention to the rational mind this thing is it's pretty good mm -hmm. but it's not ideal. It's, and it certainly can't do the whole job. What they know about rational thought is it's ultimately kind of slow and it's imperfect and it's loaded with bias. But the combination of your rational thought, your brain, and the wisdom that you have in your body, anytime you walk, like that person's, I don't know, something's wrong, something's off there. And when you didn't pay attention to that intuition, what happened? Sometimes you get proven wrong, but there's some piece of us and, and the reality the science, and I think it's pretty early science. So I don't want to start quoting journals here and that'd be a little bit weird, but it's like this, it's this intuition that we're taught to ignore. That's the same intuition that told you that you couldn't be uh, an astronaut and we're taught to ignore it. That all we can program against that. And culture is, it, it serves culture very nicely. And there's no, to get me, you know, don't, don't, to be clear, like there's no puppet master saying, oh, I got to get everybody to do a nine to five job. And a, like, that's not what I mean here. Mm -hmm. It's just convenient. And that's what culture rallies around a very narrow set of ideas and a very, very narrow set of human experiences. Average experience, average life, average. And if you want to live outside of that, if you want to find out what's possible for you as a human, and, and tap into your true calling, despite it not being in the mainstream, it takes effort. And the biggest way that I see people with 
is they don't have the right mindset. And it's a thing that no one really wants to talk about because it's a little bit weird. The cool thing though, is it's very programmable and that's part of, and there's a big part on mindset in the book and it doesn't have to, it's not weird. You don't have to go to, you know, you don't have to eat mushrooms and walk into the desert. You don't have to do, you know, you don't have to do the things that have, you've been told to do. It's really about a handful of very simple practices Ultimately, it's about taking care of this thing and treating it like you're the boss of it rather than it's the boss of you. So it's very programmable and it often gets in the way of people pursuing their true calling and pursuing what they're supposed to be doing with their lives. And I'll just, rather than go into the weeds, like that's the thing I don't get asked about enough Mm -hmm. that for all the top performers I've ever known, professional athletes, like whatever spectrum and whatever field mindset has been a huge part of their success. Right. Right. You know, I was just having a conversation with my wife the other day and we're talking, I'm going to be 50 next month. Uh, two days after the book creative calling comes nice. out. So make sure you go get that book. Uh, and we we're talking about like our, our monumental birthdays, like the, when you hit 20 and you hit 30 and you hit 40, those decades and 20, I felt like I knew everything <laughs> and 30. I realized I didn't know anything. <laughs> and then 40, I realized like what it, idiot I've been, but now I know a little something. I've got confidence. I've got this. And you know, my one was 50 and what made, what even made me bring this up is when, now that I'm being 50, like I'm seeing what that is, is, and you brought this word up intuition. Mm-hmm. Like my intuition is always right. Always. It's always right. Mm-hmm. And I think back, wow, if I would have trusted that in my thirties, what, what a difference it could have made. So anyone listening, that's do have to wait till you're 50 to, to learn that you're going to trust your intuition and it's going to be right. And, you know, that's the thing that I, I want to get through real quick is this, again, I'm talking about creativity. It's not about art. That is a great way to work on the muscle because the same muscle that helps you take pictures every day that, that helps you um, navigate that purchase and sale agreement or, or assemble the properties in such a way that you can build the thing that you want to build like that creativity. It's the same exact muscle that doing that small daily stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the same muscle that helps you create the life that you want in the macro. It's just creativity at a different scale. And a huge piece of this, if you do not listen to your intuition, you're going to spend a lot of time pursuing other people's goals for you. <laughs> a lot of time, whether it's 10, 20, 30 years. And that's where the, that vicious, horrible thing we call regret manifests itself. And by contrast, if and it's not that hard to train yourself to listen to that intuition and then to act on it in a very productive way. That's what this book is about. And to me, to hear you tell the story of being 50 and realizing that, oh my gosh, how much opportunity. Well, first of all, that you found your thing and listened to it is huge because not everybody gets that. In fact, most people don't. And for the folks that do and realize how powerful that is, what price could that possibly come at? There's no higher price. That is the number one regret of the dead and dying. <laughs> yes. is they set out to please other people and they did so at their own expense. And I'm not talking about please like as in like not do work and give back. I'm talking about pursuing, you know, how do you spend your time? Like that's what we've all got, right? It's their one currency and how you, how you spend it um, and what you work on and who you work with and why you do it matters most. Yep. I've heard that uh, the last dying thoughts 
from multiple sources. Yeah. And boy, you start you hear that enough, that'll scare you straight. <laughs> start for real. For, soon. for real. For real. For sure. You for mentioned sure. your funerals and I'm like it's no joke. I'm really sorry that you had to mm. go through that. And that's a thing that we all as humans, this social animals, we're going to sit through a, a bunch of those funerals. And it's a very sobering thought when you're sitting there and uh, you can take action and you can shift gears today or mm. September 24th. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's leave it there. Uh, talking to Chase Jarvis today, been very gracious with this time to come and talk to us here at the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. The book, Creative Calling, Establish a Daily Practice, Infuse Your World with Meaning and Succeed in Work and Life. Hits the shelf, September 24th. Go get your pre-order in. Uh, it helps the world learn as he gets more exposure on Amazon is how that whole machine works. And anyone that comes to bless us with their presence here at the show, we certainly want to give back to them as well. So thank you, Chase, very much for being here. I had a good time. It was a pleasure. Let's do this again. Appreciate it, Matt. Great show. It's a pleasure to be on it and keep doing what you do, man. Thanks, partner. All righty. God bless to your success. I am Matt Terrio, living the dream. Yo. Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.